Hello again and God bless as we open God's word together. In 1952, there was a group of American missionaries who went to the Ecuadorian jungle to reach a tribe called the Wadoni tribe, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. They went there to share the gospel with these people who had never heard the good news of Jesus before. This tribe was known as being a violent tribe, had killed outsiders who'd come into the jungle without invitation before, so they went in with real caution, bringing gifts flying around to observe um, this tribe before making contact. But on making contact, they started making, having conversations and, and making friends. But on one day, these five um, missionaries were killed by the, these tribe's people. Their names were Roger Yondarian, Ed McCulley, Nate Saint, Pete Fleming and Jim Elliott. And I'm sure some of you have heard their story before. Jim Elliott and these men have had lots of videos and movies made about them. But one of the things that Jim is known for saying is he is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And it really rings true of this passage in Mark's Gospel where Jesus speaks denying ourselves, picking up our cross and following him. As Christians, we have two natures living within us, the nature of the flesh and the nature of the spirit. The flesh is the natural inclination to do what is wrong inside of us. In Calvinism, they talk about the total depravity of man and, and that talks about how we are completely separated from God, how we are completely apart from him. And if we are left to our own devices, we will do what's wrong. We will eventually disappoint people and let people down. And that's a sad truth of our sin and the state of humanity. The, in John 10, chapter 10, verse 10, it talks about the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And that's what we're talking about the devil. But the flesh has that role inside us as well. Yes, there's a common grace, there's an understanding that God has put morality in the hearts of man, that we know the difference between right and wrong. But if left to our own devices, a lot of the time we will move away from God and we will choose wrong. But as Christians, we have the good news and we have the truth that we also have the Holy Spirit of God living inside us. And the Holy Spirit comes to renew us. Paul talks about making us a new creation and we can be new people because he is living inside us and helping us to choose the things of the Spirit as we see in Galatians. And we've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit with the children this summer of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. It's within this context that I think of this passage in Mark's Gospel where Jesus talks of his own um, death and and suffering and passion and resurrection and then talks to us about what it means to follow him to pick up our cross and to follow him i don't know about you but this can seem quite a drastic thing to do in our lives sometimes and especially now in 2020 we are told not to deny ourselves we're told to be yourself to, to be you do you, as a lot of people in my generation are saying, 
to be yourself, to love yourself, to do what makes you feel good. And actually we're even being told what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And we know in the Bible that is not what God is saying to us. That we are called not to, to love ourselves and love the fleshly part of ourselves that's telling us to do things contrary to God, but we are called to deny ourselves. And I might say that looks difficult. That looks hard. That looks like something that I don't really want to do. But that's what Jesus is saying it costs to follow him. When Paul says that we are to give ourselves as living sacrifices in Romans chapter 12, we think of that image of a sacrificial animal putting itself continually onto the offering, onto the altar before God. And we as Christians are called to be living sacrifices, continually dying to self and putting ourselves again on the altar, offering ourselves to God. And it says that is your true and right worship. There's lots of images of this in the Bible. In John chapter 15, John, Jesus talks about pruning the vine. If you've ever seen a gardener pruning a vine, it can look really drastic. And that's what God is calling us to do, to let him prune back the things in our lives that are not of him and to help us to grow more like him. And if you've ever seen a bush that has been pruned, it grows back and thrives more after the pruning. Or even think of a potter molding clay and it can be violent in the motions that it makes with the pottery as it is molded into the shape that it's meant to be. And so sometimes it can be uncomfortable, it can be difficult, it can be um, hurtful as God chisels away the things that are not of, of him. But this is where true and real life is and we're going to talk about that in a minute. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus also talks about how if there's anything in our lives that is causing us to sin, anything that is not of him or that is causing us to sin, we should get rid of it. He says if, if your hand causes you to sin, you should cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, you should pluck it out. And so we in our lives should be looking at the things that are causing us, that are drawing us to sinful um, acts. And an interesting thing about this passage in, in Matthew chapter 5 is that a hand is a good thing, is that an eye is a good thing. And so these might even be good things in our lives that the devil has distorted and that we have been using for evil aims. If you think about a hand and the excuses that you might make to, cut, to not cut off your hand if someone asked you to, oh, I use this for work, I, I need this for work, I can't, I can't cut that off. Or people will look at me funny if I have one hand, so I, I don't want to cut it out. Or I'll be really noticed with, uh, compared to everybody else if I've only got one hand. Do those excuses sound any way familiar to you when you think about those things that God might be asking you to die to self, to cut off so that you could follow him more dearly? Maybe getting rid of social media, something that's very useful and can be very good but maybe it's leading you to sin. Or maybe getting rid of your smartphone and, and getting down to a dumb phone for a little bit or a button phone um, because you know you are being led in the wrong direction because of that. Or maybe getting rid of Netflix or maybe stopping reading the news because it's leading you to despair or something like that, whatever that might be for you. Now, these things can look 
really drastic, but I believe that God has a good thing for us in this. That this is where full life is. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie The Mission. It's a 1986 movie with a lot of famous actors. Jeremy Irons, Robert De Niro, Liam Neeson. He's a very young Liam Neeson is actually in it as well. In this movie, it is about Jesuit priests who go and reach um, a tribes people again in, in Argentina. I think they're called the Guaranami tribe, and you can correct me on that again. In this movie, Robert De Niro plays a mercenary and slaver who is um, really an awful man, and he gets into a fight um, with somebody and kills him. I think it's his, his brother in the movie. He's in absolute despair and depression after even being acquitted for this. But Jeremy Irons, this priest, asks him to come with him and to reach this tri- these tribes' people um, and to share God's love with them. Um, in this movie, he's told to, to complete a certain penance, um, which obviously we don't agree with, but the image in this um, movie is really interesting. As they try to climb these falls, and I think even Iguazu Falls, in this movie, um, Robert Nero is carrying a big pack filled with his old um, slave mercenary gear, his armor, his swords, and he carries it in this huge burden up these falls. Liam Neeson even says, why is he carrying it? And, and Jeremy Irons says that he's chosen to carry this burden. Once he gets to the top of these falls, these tribes people who Robert De Niro had been enslaving come up to him with a knife and they cut off his burden. You should really look at this scene up. It's really powerful. The music in this movie is really powerful as well. But I think this is what God is calling us to do when we die to self. This burden that we hold on our backs is what he's telling us to cut off so that we can live full life in him. You might even hear of the Pilgrim's Progress and where John, bon- John Bunyan talks about the character Christian who has this burden on his back and God offers him to lay that down before him. God says to us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so it might be difficult. It is a burden to, to cut these things out, to change, to be different people, to be renewed, to have our minds transformed. These are things that will require discipline, that will require us to work at. But these are good things. Jesus said, that I've come to give life in all its fullness. And so when we deny ourselves and pick up our crosses for him, that is where full life, where good life, where the life that we were designed to live is and where we can live for him. Now, I don't believe that Jesus is asking us to burn out. And I do think that it's really important that we get the balance between denying ourselves and burning out. Things that I don't think that Jesus is asking us to, 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 to die to self. I don't think he's asking us to offer up our marriages on the altar. I don't think he's asking us to offer up our families on the altar or our sanity on the altar when we think about our mental health. I think God will ask us to do very specific things one thing at a time. But in those small movements towards him as we deny ourselves, we will become more like him 
and we will live more into the full life that he's called us to live. It's really interesting that in the context of this passage, Jesus has just before predicted his own suffering and death. Like Jesus is saying, I am going to give you everything. What are you going to give to me? And it's because he first gives himself that we are able to give him ourselves. Not because we can't give Jesus everything at once because he's not strong enough or good enough to hold it all, but because we're not able without him to change and to be more like him and to give him everything at once. And so your challenge today is to think about what God is asking you to offer to him. I've been reading a book recently by a lady called Jenny Allen, um, who's a really good gospel preacher to, to women mostly in America. But she has a book called Get Out of Your Head and it talks a lot about um, mental health and how we can live in a fullest um, mental health with the Lord Jesus and with God. And in that book, he sa- she says about how um, we should challenge ourselves to give God the last 2%. In the story of this book particularly, she talks about a young lady who has been coming to be attracted to one of her co-workers and she's married um, and she decides to give this last 2% to God and she confesses this. She hasn't sinned or anything. She's maybe started texting with this guy but she confesses this to her friend and immediately God takes away the attraction that she has for this um, other guy and she feels that God has taken this burden off of her. So as you think today, what is God asking me to do in denying myself for him? How do I give him the last 2%? It could be, like we said, that God is asking you to cut off your hand or to pluck out your eye. Something in your life that is inherently good, but you know is leading you to sin. How can you deny yourself in that? It could be an attitude that you have in your life that you know God, this is not a good attitude that I have. I need to change this. I need to be more like you. I need to deny myself in this. It could even be a physical item at home or a relationship that you know God is asking you to deny yourself and maybe get rid of that. How are you going to give God the last 2% today, that last little thing that you've kept to yourself, That last thing you say, God, I'm going to deny myself and everything else, but not this. How are you going to surrender that to him today? And I promise you that, yes, it may be difficult in the act of giving it to God, but you will find freedom and you will find fullness of life. The more that we deny ourselves, we pick up our crosses and we follow him. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that Jesus has denied himself for us on the cross. Thank you that we only can come into your presence because he has given everything for us before we have given him anything. God, we think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quotes of costly grace and cheap grace. We want to have costly grace that costs us our life, God, because it costs you, your son. But we know, Jesus, that this is where fullest life is found. 
We know that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. And that when we come out the other end of denying ourselves, we will find more peace and contentment and fullness in you. God, we know, as Jim Elliot said, that he is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. So help us, God, to give you the last 2% today. Help us to give you that one thing that each of us have in our hearts that we know you're asking us to give you. Help us to give you no more and no less in this moment. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can do this through your strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord. Would you be with us today? Would you help us today? And would you make us more into the likeness of your Son? In Jesus' precious name.